I'm Jessie Aredia, and you're listening to Soul Care for the New Mom, a podcast designed with new moms in mind, where we talk about what it looks like to thrive in motherhood as the free, confident, joy-filled women God has called us to be. I am really excited about today's episode because my amazing husband, Grant, is coming on to talk with me about marriage counseling and about marriage and just all the stuff that goes into having a healthy, thriving relationship, all the things that we've been learning this past year about each other and about ourselves. Um, So, I don't know, Grant, I guess just kind of say hi and introduce yourself. (laughs) Hi, it's me. I've been on a couple episodes before and I'm back um, to just ramp up the production quality of this institution excuse me (laughs) and now that you mention it i i forgot that this is the third time that you're coming on the podcast yeah because i forgot that the first one we interviewed each other some random questions and then the second one we talked about sex which by the way if you haven't listened to that one that one's really good so be sure to check that one out it's called let's talk about sex and yeah but anyway for the purposes of this episode we're focusing more on marriage and marriage counseling so I don't know Grant like I guess I just want the listeners to hear from you like what are your thoughts on marriage counseling like what were your thoughts before you went and what were your thoughts after we went and maybe also give them a timeline of like when we started going so that they can get an idea of how long we've been doing it okay well um yeah we uh, back in April, we felt that there was a lot of distance between ourselves. Like we weren't connecting like we used to. We were fighting a lot over things and just generally not being nice. Um, for privacy's sake, we're just going to call our counselor Ariel. That's not her real name. Uh, I sto- I stared at an Ariel doll uh, as we were recording this, so that's what happened. Um, <laughs> full disclosure. Full disclosure, yes. Um, so <clears throat> uh, Ariel was really great. She... Uh, one of her primary purposes was just to serve as like a mediator for us, uh, like a neutral third party uh, that created a safe space for us to just uh, share the things that were on our hearts and the things that we just really strongly disagreed with each other on um, mm-hmm. and work out healthy ways to have those disagreements and to process those um, emotional encounters. Yeah. Yeah. I And I think it's interesting that you talk about like, how like her purpose really isn't to make us stop having disagreements like her purpose is to help us know how to handle those disagreements so that we can do it in a healthy way and we've had quite a few disagreements in her room in front of her and she's been able to kind of help us process through our thoughts or the way that we're approaching each other in those times Um, I think one that one argument in particular that really comes to mind is there was one day this was after maybe like a couple months of seeing her and um it somehow came up the the topic of like we both are very critical of each other um over little dumb stuff that doesn't even really matter but just you know little things that we say you know nitpicking each other and and we wanted to talk about it and in the middle of it like things started to get heated where you know you were saying like you know you don't you don't you aren't very encouraging to me you don't say a lot of encouraging words and I was so taken aback and like caught by surprise because 
at the time, like, I hadn't really considered that you needed that. Like, I didn't know that mm. that was something that was important to you. I didn't realize that my words, like, like just little kind words throughout the day was something that you were looking for. And Ariel, like, she, she kind of walked us through that. Like, you know, is this maybe your love language? Is there a way that I can kind of meet you where you're at? And like and speak your love language and I don't know it was just it was just really interesting like we definitely were heated and it was kind of uncomfortable but I feel like we both walked away kind of understanding each other better because you didn't know why I didn't say kind words like you know oh you're so smart babe like you know like you you didn't understand why I didn't but the reason why I didn't was because that's not my love language and like that's not something that I thought that you needed in my mind like you're the strong macho man who isn't always very emotional who doesn't need much from me so it was it was very shocking I would say I don't know Yeah, yeah that's good yeah um yeah, totally. Um, I feel like she also helped us understand how we process things in different ways. Mm. Um, so she had us take uh, this quiz called the Love Styles Quiz. Um, and we it's free and you can find it online. Um, I'll, I'll link it in the show notes. Yes. Um, and it uh, was really informative to us. It helped us to understand the ways in which we uh, were, were hurt emotionally as a children and our defense mechanisms as a result of that. And so... Um, we see this play out in in literally almost every argument that we have um <laughs> my my tendency is to be an avoider which just means that i'm not as like emotionally um available and um so uh, my tendency is to leave either physically or mentally like just to check out and to just wait for it to blow over um whereas jesse um is a vacillator which, um, Jess, why don't you take that? <laughs> so a vacillator is someone who's, um, who, when they're feeling upset or attacked, they will kind of become really angry and kind of err on the side of wanting to control things or wanting to control people. And it can come across as being very needy or clingy or being very, um, just, I don't know, kind of like clinging to you in a way I don't know does if that makes sense like I like in arguments I pursue resolution to the point where like I'm basically forcing you to resolve things because I can't stand the thought of not having control and not fixing this and this obviously doesn't pair well very well with an avoider who's thinking oh I gotta get out of here like this is not good I'm just gonna give her time to cool down and cooling down is the last thing I want to do. The last thing I want to do is take a time out from arguing when I think that there's a resolution still to be made. Like, I will fight to the death for, usually for me to come out as the winner. Mm-hmm. And that's maybe a vacillator thing, maybe just a pride thing. But the quiz was really fascinating. And when we were sitting in the session talking about our results, Ariel, like, she read through a bunch of descriptors for these types. And I think there's, like, five of them four four or five yeah um so there's like other ones um that you you may be but I don't know I feel like it's she said it's very typical for men to be avoiders um which I wasn't surprised by and she said that a lot of women are also vacillators um especially depending on like their upbringing but I don't know I want to know Grant like as far as like the things we've learned about ourselves like what do you feel like it 
reveals about why we parent the way we parent? I don't know. Is that a weird question? I, I didn't really prep you for that one. Mm-hmm. But just like, do you feel like what we've learned, what we're learning about ourselves makes us want to be different for our kids? And like, in what ways are we trying to be different? Would you say? Um, yeah, I mean that um, when when we're interacting with Tessa, I mean, uh, we're kind of looking out for those same things. Like she's a baby or not baby. She's a toddler, but like, you know, sometimes she will just try to avoid things. Um, like she'll, she'll look away or she'll like run and hide or something like that. Um, and so, you know, I feel like we're equipped to handle all the different ways that she, uh, handles conflict like that. Um, but also like, yeah, we are more aware and we point out to each other, like, hey, you know, we could have handled that situation mm-hmm. in a different way. And I feel like it, um, you know, we, we hold each other accountable for how we interact with our kids, uh, which is really great and, yeah. you know, one of the essentials of parenting. Um, but it, it's different from holding each other accountable to, to ourselves, you know. And, and I think that we are able to speak with more gentleness towards each other when it's not about um, our relationship, but when it's about our interactions with our kids. Dang, that's a really good point. I don't even know why that is. Like, so why are it's we? It's one step removed. I yeah, yeah. I guess you're right. It's not as it's not as like feeling like a personal attack. It's not you versus me. It's us trying to parent together. Yeah. In unity. That's true. Yeah. When I've I've been talking to some women recently, and they've been talking about how they struggle to feel like they and their partner are are a team and I feel like counseling has helped us feel more like a team in some regard because it it just kind of it 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 shows how even despite your differences whether it's your different upbringings or your different beliefs or your different styles of argument like even those differences can you know can be pushed to the side in some way in order to make room for a better family, a better household, a more peaceful environment. And I think that both of us, we, we're, we've we really put both feet in on this as far as like we both are really wanting to change. I think that we just kind of reached a point in our marriage where we realized that, you know, our kids are so young, but they're not going to be this young forever. And we want to make sure that they're being raised in an environment that is... I don't know, not held back by wounds or by avoiding tendencies or by, you know, mean defense mechanisms. Like they don't need to grow up around that because we don't want to create more avoiders or create more vacillators. We want to create a home where they can thrive and be healthy. Um, But I think, you know, for us, our step, you know, a big step for us is to become healthy ourselves. Would you, do you feel like you've become healthier over the past I don't even know how many months has it been. It's been about four. No, or so. more yeah. than that since April. April. And to, and now we're in what September? Yeah, that's four or five, depending oh. on how you count. Okay. Okay. Fine. But do you feel like you've become healthier, or like has your idea of healthy changed? Uh, I think it's made me realize just how much how messed up other people are too. <laughs> like you know, I'm just thinking to myself like, yeah, I, everybody needs counseling, you know, in some regard or another. Like I think. There's a lot of benefit to be gained from it. But, I mean, Ariel has also really complimented us. I say us. I mean me. But just on, like, our <laughs> our self-awareness. Like, you know, the way that we handle problems. She says that we process things faster than other couples. And that, you wow, know. Wow, we, did, we did toot your own horn. Yeah, I mean, but she's, you know, she's right. Like, we, 
Um, and maybe that I think it's just a generational thing, like just being self-aware of your own your own problems or flaws um, is is much more apparent in people our age. I feel like, um, but that doesn't necessarily mean that we are equipped with the tools to change uh, ourselves and to change the things within us. And I feel like that is a longer process. Um, and so yeah, for four or five months, like I feel like we um, have have taken steps in the right direction, but I don't feel like we're done yet. I feel like we've still got some work to to fit complete yeah I don't even know if we're really if we will really ever be done like of course there will be a point where like we're we'll stop counseling um because maybe we just won't need it to that same degree but I think that we're always going to need people in our lives to speak wisdom and to hold us accountable and I think we're always going to need to grow in areas and maybe even relearn the same lessons because I things that things that are coming to the surface in our sessions with Ariel it's not like it's big news to us it's not like we haven't kind of thought or you know said these things out loud before it's it's stuff that we've already known about ourselves stuff we've already known about each other but we're bringing it to someone else so that we can actually move forward and not just stay stuck where we are would you agree yeah yeah, yeah, I think that there is, you know, a tendency for people to uh, let issues fester and to not, you know, seek help, seek counsel. I think a lot of times people don't necessarily know who to go to, who can be a safe voice. And um, I think, you know, people would be surprised at like how affordable uh, some counselors can be and just how it does make a big difference. And um, like, I think, you know, there's some social um, social uh, like taboo. taboo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Taboo is a good word. Um, against like uh, seeking counsel but like I I really wish that weren't the case because like it's it's such a life-giving opportunity and I feel like um, people do get stuck in ruts and people do like they don't know how to change themselves and they don't know how to equip themselves with the tools to become a better version of themselves and I think that um, the things that Ariel does for us is just really invaluable and like it's it's definitely worth the money that we spend um, and I am really thankful for her and for her uh, position. Yeah. What would you say to, I mean, I feel like, you know, almost everyone who's listening right now is a woman, mm-hmm. um, probably definitely a mom, but also probably a wife or, you know, in a relationship. What would you say to her if her husband does not want to go to counseling but she does or maybe like she keeps bringing it up and he keeps avoiding it or he for some reason is very against it like like as a man do you feel like you can maybe see like why a man would feel that way or like what can you say about that I guess that's a good question um thanks for preparing me for it but (laughs) I feel like this is something I brought up to you in the past I told you I would ask you about it I guess but um I don't know I mean I really I don't know how to not be mean about this, but I just feel like it's a mark of immaturity that you're not willing to seek counsel. Like mm. I don't, and I, I'm, that's not helpful for, for wives or for women uh, in relationship with men to hear, but like men are dumb and they don't want to change. <laughs> Stop, don't be mean, I don't know. be mean. I'm sorry. How can you say it in a more gracious um, way? That's a good question. <laughs> um, how can I say it? Um, I think I think men uh, are also worried in counseling that they will get attacked and that will be two on one and that they'll be ganging up. Mm. And so I think you know expressing to men that it is a form of mediation and that um, um, it will be um, 
uplifting for them and encouraging for them as an experience mm. and not something in which they will feel like they have to be on the defensive because the more defensive you are the less you're getting out of it and like i i am really excited to go to counseling because you know in addition to um working through some of my stuff which is com which is almost completely painless and is a, a benefit to me. I also get to watch Jess work through some of her stuff, which is kind of <laughs> self-satisfying to witness. And so um, if you explain it to men as like, hey, don't you feel like I'm messed up and don't you want to see me fix some stuff? Don't you want to witness that? Like, I think there's, there's something to be gained there. Oh my gosh. Well, okay. I, okay, wait, there was something you just said about, oh, darn, what was it? You just said something about, um, oh, yes. So, like, like I think that maybe men are hesitant to go because, like, what you said, like, they think they're going to be attacked or mm -hmm. they think that it's going to be two against one. But I feel like for us, like, Ariel has kind of, you know, addressed my crap just as much as she's addressed your crap, even though I, I remember there were certain times thinking where I've thought, I don't even need this. Grant's the one who has the issues. <laughs> Grant's the one who, you know, has all the stuff he needs to work out. And then we go and then it turns out that I still am also working through my own thing. So I don't know. I feel like maybe that, like that idea of, you know, well, it's going to be two against one. Like, I think that for wives who are listening right now who are thinking, you know, well, will that be the case, you know, or how do I help my husband see otherwise? I feel like maybe just kind of explaining it from the viewpoint of like, like you have your own stuff that you need to work out and you want to work through those things together. It's not about him fixing all his crap. It's about you getting a chance to fix all yours too. So that, you know, you're both coming together and it, it, and it is a vulnerable process. Like there have been times where, I mean, it has required vulnerability or like you have said something where I feel embarrassed that you've said that. And I'm like, Oh great. Like he just aired my dirty laundry and now Ariel's waiting to hear my response to these mm -hmm. things. And I don't even know what to say, but as embarrassing as it can sometimes be. And when I say sometimes, I mean very rarely because I mean, any good counselor will have a good way of making you feel comfortable and being very empathetic and understanding. Mm -hmm. But even in the times when I do feel slightly embarrassed, I, I've always walked away from a session feeling like it was necessary to be embarrassed in a way. Like I needed someone to confront me with the hard truths that I'm not willing to admit to myself so that I can work through them and get better. Yeah. Yeah, counselors are some of the most gracious and tactful people. Like mm -hmm. that's kind of their job description is to handle the messy human emotions um, and and make people feel dignified as they're being vulnerable, you know, mm -hmm. and to um, just they <clears throat> like it's it's kind of hard to not like I can't stress it enough that like it is a safe place. One of the safest places for you to be vulnerable, which, you know, is really hard to do as a man sometimes. And, um, just it, it really is just, um, a recognition of the, the desire for you to be a team with your spouse. And like, you know, if you're going through a season where you're, I'm sorry, if you're going through a season where you're struggling with, uh, feeling united with your spouse, that's, that's another, that's a good sign that like maybe counseling would be good for you because you're coming together and you're saying, like, I want to do life together with you and we're having trouble with that. So let's get some help with, with, you know, 
our, our team, with our unity, with the way that we conduct ourselves together so that we can be the best together that we can be. Yeah. And I will say that the reason why I also love counseling is because it it helps you move forward instead of stay stuck in this mode of complaining, which there were times where I wasn't seeking counsel and I was more so just kind of, I don't know, kind of venting mm. like to my girlfriends or maybe like I would make, you know, some, some remarks here and there to my parents mm. or something, or even sometimes to your, to, to your parents, like mm-hmm. to your mom. And, and that's not helpful. Like as, as nice as it is to feel affirmed and to have, you know, people that you're close to know what's going on. Like sometimes depending on how you're coming across or depending on how much you're sharing, it, it actually makes it worse because of course the people that love you like want to take your side and they want to, they want to point out, you know, things that can be fixed, but they don't always know how to do it tactfully or do it with empathy or do it in a, in a non-biased way. So I feel like counseling is helpful because it gets me out of this mode of venting and not doing anything to like work on stuff. And it, it puts me in this place of like healthy sharing in a healthy way. Um, I don't know. Do you feel like, well, I mean, I don't know. You don't really talk much about our marriage to other people, do you? Well, I mean, I feel like that raises, you know, an interesting point. Like for women, like, you know, venting is very common, but for men, like, you know, it's just, uh, they'll just bottle it up. Mm, And so like, you know, while women are venting and that's not healthy for a variety of reasons, it just, you know, creates unhealthy cycles. But for men, like, you know, you bottle it up and then you're lashing out about things that aren't even the thing you're really mad about, you Mm, know, and that, and yeah, and that gets addressed in, in counseling too, is finding like the real source of why are you upset? Cause there have been countless, like I can, I can't even count how many times there were things where we brought up something we were upset with to Ariel. And then after some discussion, we realized we weren't even upset about that thing. We were upset about a completely different thing. Yeah, that's very true. You, do you mind if like I share one example? Go for it. Okay. So like one, one of the things that <laughs> I'm, I want to talk about the security yeah. system. Yeah, go for it. Okay. So, you know, Grant works night shifts. Um, and ever since we, um, Ever since we gave our dog back to my mom and it's just been me and the girls in the house at night, I've started feeling kind of paranoid. Like I don't feel completely safe at home alone by myself during the night. Um, You know, some of it could, you know, just be like spiritual warfare. But I think another part of it is just that I'm used to having a dog. I'm used to having, you know, I grew up in a house where you have, you know, an alarm system. And here in our house, we have one, but it's just kind of like, I don't know. Not like, I don't know, what would you describe it as? I feel like you... I mean, it's 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 not, you know, a smart system. It's just like, you know, something that you install. Yeah, and yeah. well, just... we don't need to share too much. <laughs> oh, by the way, here's our address. And I work these <laughs> and, nights at and, these times. <laughs> but so long story short, I, I, you know, I bought a few things to help me feel safer. And there was always something that I thought could be better. Like, oh, I bought this thing, but oh, I still don't have an alarm for this window. And what if someone decides to come through this window? Which, you know, is very unlikely. We live in a very safe town. And Grant keeps trying to tell me that. And and I do agree that we live in a safe town. But I also am one who just likes to be overprepared. I want to, you know, do everything I can to be safe. So I suggested one day that we maybe pay a monthly fee for like an actual security system, like a full one with like, I don't know, like a motion sensor, the one that could actually call the police, you know, the whole nine yards. And 
he was he was very against it and we got into this big argument about it and there were some unkind words that were shared I, I believe one of the ones that you said was you you said that I was fear-mongering mm-hmm. um, which I can understand because in his mind he's like he's like why do you need this like you're just you're just working yourself up with all these fears and this paranoia it's not helping but anyway we ended up this was like the day before we had a counseling session and that next day we went to Ariel and we just kind of like broke down the whole thing for her and what ended up kind of like coming to surface was the whole thing about my upbringing with my family and how growing up my parents really drilled it in me to be not just wary but almost to like be very mistrusting of afraid uh, yeah afraid um and I'm sure that they wouldn't phrase it like that but as you know a teen girl you know who who you know has seen the news who who does hear about things that happen who's also watched a lot of movies where things happen I've grown to have this almost not constant fear but this very common uh, very reoccurring fear of someone breaking in and you know physically maybe even sexually hurting me or of you know I don't know just just different things like that and that was kind of instilled in me as a as a young woman as a girl like throughout my whole adolescence and now here I am as an adult and I'm in a house where I should feel secure because I have things in place to help me feel safe and I still don't because of the fears instilled in me and I feel like that was very eye-opening to you but then also also what was eye-opening to me was that um you you were one thing that you mentioned in our session while we were telling this to Ariel was that you said that you were afraid that um, I was always going to have this paranoia and you and you worried about how it would affect you at work because there have been times where I've been afraid and I've called you and said something along the lines of hey like I had a really bad dream you know do you can you maybe come home or you know I've called you or I've texted you saying like I can't sleep I'm just laying awake at night so scared and you feel awful and it, it affects your ability to focus on work and you worry like you know do I need to come home you know is it even possible for me to come home and I didn't realize what kind of stress that was putting on you and and when you said it out loud it wasn't something that you had thought of while we were arguing the day before but it was something that you know was sitting in the back of your mind and it came to surface and we just kind of had this moment where like we understood each other better it doesn't mean that we still fully saw eye to eye but we saw more of each other's heart than I think we even realized that we would even just off of this one this one conversation with Ariel about the fight that we had yeah 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 that's good yeah yeah um okay one last thing I want to address is just do you do you feel like maybe okay actually there's two more things I want to address the first is about how to pick a counselor I feel like that's something that matters because we've had two experiences with marriage counselors and they've been very different or not very different but just somewhat different um I I have a hard time going to counseling where where our counselor is a male and that's just my personal preference my personal issue and I know this because both for our premarital counseling and our professional marriage counseling that we had before we got married in both of those situations the people who were counseling us were men and in both of those situations I found myself getting very emotional and feeling kind of attacked not because you know they're attacking me but because I feel 
inferior to men sometimes. I think that I just had some things I needed to work through, but I have some issues with male, male, I don't know, superiority or like male figures. I don't know. Am I saying this right? I guess. Yeah. Like, I don't know how to like authoritative figures in my life who are male. It triggers something in me where I just feel uncomfortable and I don't feel like I should be myself or I don't feel like I can be vulnerable. Um, so that really hindered, I feel like it hindered our ability in those sessions to really, for me to really grow and be open. And when we decided this past spring to go to counseling, I knew right away that we had to go to a female. And we also both agreed that we wanted to see a counselor who's also a Christian. And I honestly think that was the best decision for us because there, I mean, in every session, our faith comes up in some way, because how can it not? That's what we live our life by. That's how we, you know, decide what matters to us. That's what we want to raise our kids in. That's, you know, that's our values. That's everything. And she understands that because she shares that same faith and she even brings so much encouragement to our faith in it. Would you agree? Like, like, can you think of times when she's encouraged you in your faith? Because I feel like she's been a huge encouragement to the both of us in that way. Yeah, of course. I mean, I was really surprised at, like, her level of, you know, um, uh, knowledge, I suppose, um, on just the subject of faith. Like, um, she mentioned that she had been to seminary, um, and so we were really thankful for that. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I don't necessarily know how you go about picking a counselor because, like, we— uh, like. I think we just kind of showed up and we met her like we didn't know anything about her. That's true. Yeah. And like, I'm trying to think if we were to be paired with a counselor that we didn't enjoy, would we have said something, you know? I think we would have just because I don't want to waste our money and I don't want to waste our time. Just like I like, I don't want to sit in a room with a man if I know already that that's not ideal for me. Like, yeah, okay, I can work through those things and maybe get over it. But when it's our marriage that we're dealing with, like I want to put us in an environment where we both feel comfortable, we both are able to grow like at the right pace and not be hindered by that. So things like faith, things like past triggers, things like who you're more comfortable with. Are you more comfortable with an older woman or are you more comfortable with a younger generation? Like I know that that might sound weird, but that that might be a bias that you have or like something that you feel strongly about and should be taken into consideration. And also, you know, you don't have to stick with the person that you pick. Like if you decide to go counseling and you don't like who you're paired with or you don't like, you know, you don't feel like you're growing um, like you should because of who you're paired with or because they're not a right fit for you then who's to stop you from going to go see someone else? You know what I mean? I don't know. Do you feel that way? Yeah. I mean, yeah, I do. It's just, I mean, I'm really thankful that we got someone that is a good fit for us so we don't have to worry about that. Yeah, because, like, I mean, I feel like if we were to actually go through that issue, it would be, you know, stressful for us and it might make us want to quit altogether. But I think it's worth sticking with and Mm -hmm. it's worth uh, pursuing to find something that works for you because there is a lot of good to be had uh, through the counseling process. Yeah, so that was something that I definitely wanted to address. But the last thing I want to talk about is just do you feel like maybe part of the reason why some couples go to counseling but then quit early or like they go to counseling but then don't really feel like they're changing is because they don't stick it out long enough what are your thoughts on that I don't know I mean yeah that 
you know, the skeptic in me is like, oh, like, you know, counselors are just going to bleed you dry and get as much money out of you as they possibly can. But, um, you know, <laughs> like the, the, the human in me, you know, just sees all the good that has come from counseling. And like, yeah, I think that um, there is, um, I don't know how you decide when to stop going to counseling. I think that um, if you, if you make that decision, then I feel like you should stick it out for at least six months because, you know, you need to work through that season and you need to um, address all the things that may not be immediately on the surface, but there are things that um, take time to be revealed. And uh, maybe don't be so quick to uh, abandon the counseling process um, for any one reason, be it like you feel like you're done or you feel like... Um, you uh, don't want to spend the money anymore uh, but just I, I would recommend like just sticking with it um, until you uh, really feel a good piece about it and and you feel like you it's it's not just like a one one week thing um, where you're like oh this week I didn't get anything out of mm, it but that's true maybe maybe wait until there's like multiple weeks in a row where you feel like all right you know this season is drawing to a close it's been good but and like you know the, you even um had your own personal counselor that you stopped seeing but like um it um what am i trying to say about that like there have been seasons yeah, yeah. where i've gone back yeah there have and like you know it's kind of a bittersweet thing to to stop seeing your counselor because like you know um of the impact that they've had on your life and mm you know, like you would still, I'm sure you would still love to go back and see her just for kicks sometimes. I would, but then you got to pay for it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I, I would say that, um, I like what you said about how, you know, don't just base your decision off of one week because there have been weeks where we've gone and then we, we like, we're on our way walking back to the car after a session and we're both just like, yeah, that was okay. Like it wasn't very, you know, there weren't, there weren't all these breakthroughs. It wasn't, you know, what's the word? Like, ground groundbreaking mm-hmm. like it mm-hmm. wasn't amazing where we where we grew with leaps and bounds but then maybe like the next week we went and we're like whoa that was heavy dang mm-hmm. that was some good stuff you know so you you don't really know what you're going to get because you don't know where you're at and I feel like there have been times where we haven't gotten as much out of sessions but the reason is because of our own hardness mm-hmm. like our own hard hearts or our own inability to process things um and maybe that's why you know the more we go the more we're seeing fruit come from it because like you kind of have to work through whatever is keeping you from growth and sometimes there are barriers you know sometimes there are defense mechanisms or prejudices or blindness to your own issues um but yeah i i would i would say and i mean like i feel this way when i talk to women that i'm coaching like i always encourage them to not grow impatient with the process because that's the only way that fruit grows you know all those things that we're told of are the fruit of the spirit like peace love joy gentleness self-control all of those things we i know that we would love to see them grow overnight but it just doesn't happen like that it really is a process that takes time it takes a lot more time than we would want but God designed it that way because he knows that that's the way that he gets the most glory that's the way that's healthiest that's that's how it's supposed to be we're supposed to grow in endurance and perseverance as we allow him to develop that fruit in us so I feel like for couples or for women who are listening right now who you know want to go to counseling or are currently in counseling um 
I just want to say, you know, just be, be patient with the process. Be patient with your spouse because it might take them longer for that fruit to grow in them. It really, it really might. Or maybe, you know, maybe you're the one who, you know, you really need to stick it out for the long run because there are things that keep coming up over and over again. And maybe you're in, you know, year five of your marriage and you're thinking, gosh, when am I going to get over this? Well, guess what? Like this year could be the year, but you've got to put in the work and you've got to have the patience to reach the end. You have to keep coming back to those things that are keeping you from your healthiest marriage until you overcome those hurdles. And I would say that, you know, just in the same way that I sometimes go back to my personal counselor, I would say that it's perfectly normal for things to come up again in our lives and for us to need to rehash those things. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. 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 I think that's about all we have to say. Yeah. 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 Do you have any last words for the listener, I guess? I don't know. Well, um, you can follow Jesse on Instagram. Oh, stop. You don't have to promote, you don't have to promote me. Shut (laughs) up. Shut up. Thank you for having me. Wait. Okay. Wait. I do have one last question just because I kind of want to put you on the spot and I really want to know your answer. Um, and I, I kind of feel like maybe listeners might want to know too, is just, what do you think about this, what I'm doing, this podcast, the ministry, me coaching, that's been a really big change um, for us in this season. Like, what have you seen as far as the value of it? I mean, maybe for other women, just from what I've shared with you, or like the value for our marriage even. Because, you know, this past week, someone actually asked me, or was it this past week? Yeah, I was I was doing an interview um, for another podcast, and I was asked by the interviewer, um, you know, how, how have you supported me in my ministry? Um, and, and it was very interesting, like kind of recalling times where you were supportive, but almost in like a, like you weren't very participatory, I guess. Like it was kind of just like, oh, there's Jesse with her fun hobby, you know, or there have been also times where I feel like you almost resented it, you know, oh, there's Jesse with her expensive hobby, or there's Jesse with her hobby that's taking a lot of time. Um, that I don't fully understand, but now I feel like we've reached a season where that's, that's been changing. Um, so I kind of just want to like hear your heart in a very on the spot, in a very public on the spot sort of way. But I think because it could be encouraging for women who are in a situation where they're pursuing something and they kind of feel maybe alone or misunderstood or like their husbands don't fully get it. And I, I kind of just wonder, like, what what would you say to that, to that woman maybe? I don't know. I'm asking too many things at once, aren't I? Yeah, yeah. It's okay. I'll try to sum it up. Um, <laughs> so um, I think what you're really asking is how, what is, how has the experience of being the husband to a uh, momtrepreneur been and that's not how you say it it's mompreneur not mompreneur whatever but how has the experience been being a spouse to a mompreneur and um you know uh what how has my opinion changed over time um and yeah i mean i was supportive um at first and um you know when when we hit some speed bumps and just when it wasn't like as easy as we first expected it to be. Um, I think that was the point where I got a little jaded and I was just like, all right, like this is effectively Jesse's hobby. 
Um, and you know, that was the season that you talked about where I was just, you know, um, not very supportive because I felt like it was just taking up a lot of time and taking up money and it just wasn't, um, like producing anything mainly because like, um, I was just thinking like, you're never, you're never going to meet these people in real life. Like, you know, you're just investing in these strangers yeah. and but like, all the while there was stuff being produced, but I don't think, I don't think it was as. I don't think it was what you were expecting. Yeah. Um, and maybe I'm asking this question because along the lines of, you know, patience with fruit being grown. But anyway, keep going. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so, like, you know, over time, like, um, you know, that uh, sort of a cynical mindset um, was really, it was it was hard on us. And it was something that we had to work through. Um, and I had to come to a place where I realized, like, you know, Jessie is, is doing a ministry and she's doing good work here. Um, that's changing lives and that is bringing fruit into these women's lives and um, just realizing like her sharing the stories of just like the women that um, are just crying uh, in tears of thankfulness for like um, the way that she is ministering to them um, has been really you know eye-opening and just um, just coming to the realization of just something that I already knew but I guess I had forgotten which is just like how gifted and talented Jesse is and how uh, God has given her um, something to say to these women and something to uh, give to these women, uh, give of her time, give of her uh, her talents and her words um, and to see uh, how she lifts others up is, is something really admirable and I'm really thankful that I get to witness that uh, firsthand. Okay, now I kind of wish I had an ass because I feel very uncomfortable with how much praise you just showered on me. <laughs> well, um, that's okay. And you just get to experience it. Yeah. And you shouldn't have opened that box then. I, I guess you're right. Yeah. But um, maybe one last thing we can say is just in that regard, like we've kind of had to come to this place of being a team when it comes to soul care. Um, and the ministry that I'm running and in the same way that we have to be a team when we're parenting even though I am the stay-at-home parent and you are like technically the working parent like we both have to tag team in so many different ways when it comes to parenting our kids and when we go to counseling we are still tag teaming we're teaming up so that we can each grow to be the best version of ourselves and I know you hate when I use that phrase (laughs) your best self but I really do believe that we are becoming our best selves like it doesn't happen overnight but we're on our way there and and we're a team as we're pursuing that together you know and maybe there have been seasons where one of us has been pursuing that harder than the other but it doesn't change the fact that like we're we're on this journey together and you know whatever situation you're in if you're listening right now I just I just really hope you're encouraged knowing that you know your journey doesn't your journey with your spouse doesn't have to look like anyone else's journey like your marriage doesn't have to look like anyone else's marriage you have a say in the marriage and the life that you create and the family that you build and if that involves counseling because you just need that extra support and those tools and that accountability then go for it who cares who cares if you have to tell and Joanne or whoever that you're going to counseling you know and you know what you don't even have to tell anybody um just just do it for you do it for do it for the version of yourselves who will thank you for making that decision um because I believe that we're all you know we all need to need to move forward from some things we all need to keep moving toward our best our best healthiest marriages our best healthiest selves Um, and God wants that for us too because that's where he gets the most glory and that's where 
you know, lives are changed, not just ours, but for our kids and for the people around us. Yeah. Yep. Okay. All right. Well, I don't know. Do you want to pray us out? Would that be weird? Am I putting you too much on the spot I mean, at this point? You're lucky that I'm so flexible because like, you are so flexible. It must be the Enneagram seven in you. It must be. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, I guess I'm going to pray this out then. Okay. Go yeah. for it. Um, Father God, thank you for this day. Uh, thank you for my beautiful wife, Jessie, and for uh, her heart for all these ladies. Um, Lord, I thank you for counseling and for the uh, the gift of wisdom that comes through that. Lord, mm-hmm. I pray that uh, you would just um, stir in the hearts of those who you uh, want to show something through this uh, counseling process. Lord, I pray that uh, their spouses would be united with them uh, and, and stand in agreement with that decision. Uh, Lord, I pray that you would make a way for those um, that you... Um, just desire to grow in this season. Um, Father, I pray for um, just the growth of Jesse's ministry in general, Lord. I love the work that she's doing here, and I know that you have a great plan for her. Um, Father, I pray that uh, we would uh, just be attentive and obedient to you always. Uh, In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hey guys, if you enjoyed today's episode, I would love to hear about it. So go ahead, take a screenshot of you listening to this episode, put it in your Instagram stories and tag me at soul care for the new mom so that one, I will see it and know that you are listening. And two, so that other women in your life can hear about this podcast and be encouraged too. Thanks guys.